two, one, and we are live. We'd like to say good morning to each one of you. We'd like to say good morning to our online community. We thank and praise God uh, for your presence. We thank and praise God for your listening ears. And we, we pray now that you will receive this word, and we pray that you have been blessed by the word of God that's been coming through way of uh, media. And we thank God for uh, uh, social media and all the uh, technical ways that the word of God is uh, being released and is being aired. We are excited about that. Now, I, I sought the Lord and I, you know, God has a, a strange way about himself. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, and when I stood, I, I, I dealt with uh, Jericho and I, I dealt with the fact that and with Jericho, that um, the situation happens wherein we all have a Jericho, you know, we all have a wall. And we, we find that in Jericho that it's a place where we don't surrender everything to the Lord. And uh, the next week, uh, n- not knowing uh, my uh, minister Adams, he came from the exact same chapter and the exact same book, and uh, he, he he shared uh, that day that uh, the Sunday that I, the Lord allowed me to bring that word, that as he was sitting there and he heard it, he, he, he got kind of disturbed in his spirit because he said he had been working on that, that word for three weeks. And since he had been working on that word for three weeks, he just didn't know what he was going to do because there the Lord had me standing there and teaching that word that he had been studying for three weeks. But what he didn't know was I also had been studying for three weeks. And the Lord had us running in the same vein. And so this morning, God said, we need to go back to the book of Joshua, and that's where we're going to go. He said, you can't, you can't end the story where we had ended it. Because when you think about uh, what happened with the children of Israel uh, and, and bringing it back to our own lives, there are things in our life that hinders us from totally surrendering to, to God. And we had dealt with the fact about AI, and AI is those small foxes that we have in our life that ruins things for us. And it also represents our ego. And so once that's done, you know, and we do not follow the ways of the Lord and do what God commands us to do, then we will find that we will lose the battles. And so I don't know about you all, but my question today is how many times have we lost the battle to the flesh? Think about it. How many times have we lost battle or the battle to our flesh? And then the next thing the Lord says to ask us is how many times have we been defeated by the old nature? And the lust that is forbidden. So how many times have we been defeated by our flesh? Think about it. How many times? Because, see, when, when, when the children of Israel, when they, they go up to, to defeat Ai, they were defeated. And, and, they, and the reason why they were defeated, because they were caught up in their ego. God, that God had allowed them to win the battle in Jericho. It was a supernatural battle that it, all they had to do was be obedient. God did all the work. So when he got ready to take on a small fox, 
uh, then they felt like they could do it on their own. You know, they was like, oh, we don't need a whole lot of people. Don't take up the whole army. Just let a few of us go up. But what happens, they got towed off. uh, What happened, God began to allow the enemy to, to overtake them, and they fled. And so the next thing God says is this. He says, how many times have we fallen and wonder if we will ever get back to the place where we were before? Thought. How many times, how many times have we fallen and wonder if we will ever get back to that place where God has had us from before? And then the Lord says this, to those those who have lost a battle to the flesh, God says, don't fear, Don't, don't, don't be afraid. And then the Lord said something else to me too. He says, now, one of the things we need to understand is about the flesh. And I was talking to the Lord. I said, God, what do you mean about the flesh? And he says, you got to remember that the flesh is still a principality. We underestimate our flesh. Now, that word principality, that means the flesh still has supreme power. We cannot just overlook it and think, okay, you know, I can keep it under subjection. The only way we can keep our flesh under subjection is through the power of God. Now, it's amazing because we're going to go to the book of Joshua chapter number 8. It's amazing what God does. We've been defeated by our enemy, our enemy, our flesh, our ego, uh, the, that, that, that supreme power, those principalities that, that operates through our flesh. But God tells us to go right back to the place where we've been defeated. Now, who wants to do that? <laughs> you, you, you think about it. In our mind, in our mind frame, in our mindset, I would not want to go back to that place where I was defeated. But God has a, has a sense of humor. What God does in, in chapter number 8 and verse number 1, what the Lord does is this. It says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai, and his people, his city, and his land. Now, in order for us to move forward, the Lord says we first have to face our place of defeat. In order to go forward, we first have to go back or or face that place of defeat where we were, okay? We have to be able to overcome that place of defeat. And I asked the Lord, I said, now, God, why would you send them back to the same place? Or why would you send us back to the same place where we have been defeated? Does anybody want to go back to that place where you've been defeated? But, but God has a way that's, that's strange. Because he tells Joshua, which means God is salvation, I want you to go back to Ai. Go back to that place where you lost that battle. Now, first of all, God is not a God that he would lie. He's not the son of man that he has to repent. So whatever he says, that means he has to carry that out. Now, keep your place there uh, in, in Joshua chapter number 8. 
But I want us to go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 31. Deuteronomy, chapter number 31. Just want to teach this word today. Just want to teach. And the title, the Lord says, Life After AI, or Life After Defeat. Life After Defeat. Go into Deuteronomy, chapter number 31. Are we there? Now, because God is not a God that he can lie, no, he's the son of man that he has to repent. And he has to, to uh, fulfill whatever he speaks. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter number 31, it's, it's a fulfillment of a promise. If God ever promises anything, no matter what it looks like, he's going to fulfill that promise. Now, Deuteronomy chapter number 31 says, and, and he's beginning, Moses is, is talking, he's encouraging Joshua. He says, be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doeth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor will he forsake thee. And verse 7 says in Deuteronomy chapter number 31, it says, And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto the fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doeth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. So God has told them that he was going to, he's taken them into a, to the promised land, a land that's filled with milk and honey. So therefore, God said, I'm going to be with you. So he's telling them, do not be afraid. Don't be dismayed that he had to carry these people over to the promised land or to that land flowing with milk and honey. Now, when you think about the land of milk and honey, always, and, and, and I was in a conversation uh, this past week with someone, and, and most of the time when we think about the land of milk and honey, we always think about a land of prosperity because of what the children of Israel had found. I mean, it was enormous with, 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 with fruits and uh, huge, and, and not understanding, you know, there was giants there as well, but what happened is, you think about milk and honey, the land flowing with milk and honey. And in our conversation, they say this. They say milk has an expiration date. Milk has an expiration date. And so I said, now, Lord, what do you mean milk has an ex- expiration date? In the natural, milk does have an expiration date, okay? But when it comes down to the spiritual, now, God tells us to, to uh, desire the sincere, sincere uh, uh, um, milk of the word of God. He tells us to desire uh, the milk. That means that, that when you're a new baby in Christ, you, you don't want to give somebody meat right then because you'll choke them. It's just like a baby. When a baby is born, you give a baby milk, right? It gets, it gets milk. All right. Now, but there comes a time when that baby has to come off of that milk and start eating table food. He's got to have a greater nourishment. So when you look at that honey, honey is a substance that sustains. So we have to understand we as the body of Christ and we as Christians, we can't always stay on milk. 
Have you ever seen a a five-year-old or a six-year-old still sucking the bottle? (laughs) And he said, yes, and I'm quite sure they are frail. I'm quite sure that they're malnutrition because they're not receiving everything that they need. It's the same way in the spirit realm. We have to have meat. And a lot of times people don't want to receive meat. They want to stay on the bottle. They want to continue to, to, you know, breastfeed. You know what I'm saying? But but God says his people got to grow up. So when you grow up, that means you got to eat a little bit of meat. You got to eat some meat. So God is fulfilling a promise that he had given to Moses and Joshua and the people of Israel. He told them, you're going to take this land. Now, because we have lost some battles in life, that does not make us a, a, a person that's of defeated, have a defeated life, okay? There is life after a defeat. There's life, okay? Going back, going back now to Joshua chapter number 8. The first thing God addresses to Joshua because of what they had done, now, you got to also remember now that that was Achan who, who took some things that he was not supposed to have taken. The instructions were they was to destroy everything. And, and if they taken on that accursed thing, it will bring problems into the hold. And so when he reached and he got that, he saw that garment. And you know how it is. We like these worldly uh, trinkets and things that, that our flesh likes. And, and, and God says, don't touch that, but yet we do. And so when he, when Achan, when he touched that, and which means trouble, uh, in, in, in the Hebrew, it brought trouble on the entire congregation that was there. And in fact, you know, when you, when you, when you look at Achan and, and you understand he is a son, and, and the word son there means he was a builder. The word says he was a builder or the son of Kamai, which means the builder of the soul. He had forgot his duty. And the next thing is that he, he was a builder of Zardah, which means he was a, a builder of the gift that was on the inside of you. And, and the next thing it was Zara, he, he was a builder of the brightness of the light of God. And so, but yet he had taken that accursed thing and put the whole congregation at risk. Whenever sin is in the camp, we put the whole entire congregation at risk. Amen? Because it affects all. That's what happens. It affected the whole body. So when they go up, they go up in pride. It's just like when you get a victory, <laughs> when, when God does something great in your life, we got our chest stuck out as if we did it. No, we didn't do anything. It was God. And don't dare get a promotion on your job. Sometimes we lose it, right? We walk around like we, we all this, we just big stuff. And No, it's, the Word of God says it is, it's the Father that, that gives us promotion. You know, it, it, promotions neither come from the east nor from the west, but promotions come from God. We forget where promotions come from. So we have to be careful not to steal the glory from God. And a lot of times, people, uh, especially leaders, they will want to steal or rob God of his glory. Amen. But here, God's telling Joshua, you go back to that place where you were defeated. I can imagine. I, I cannot imagine what Joshua felt in his heart when God told him, you go back there to that place where you got defeated. That's just like going Okay, I'm going to take it home, Lord. Yes, sir. I hear you, Lord. That's just like going to someone and apologizing. 
Amen. And you know, and especially when you when it's hard for you to apologize, you know what I'm saying? You know, and 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 if you're wrong, you know, uh, or because see, Joshua didn't even consult God when he goes up to Ai. He's he's caught up with with those people that's coming, giving him that report. Say, oh, we don't need but a handful. We we can take this city. We can, we can take it. But but the fact remains, he it's just like you're going back and you know you done done something wrong. And you're struggling to go say, I'm sorry, you know. And, and, and then what happens here, Joshua's like, oh, now, God, surely you ain't telling me to do this. Has anybody ever been in that place when God tell you to go do something and you say, now, God, surely you, you ain't telling me to do this now. Hey, I, 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 I can acknowledge that I'm going to raise my hand because <laughs> I've been there, done, done it, got a trophy and a T-shirt. Amen. I'm, I'm not always one that like that walk the straight and narrow. Amen. Sometimes I do get off track. Amen. Amen. But, but here he is. God said, listen, I want you to go back. He tells him, arise. I mean, he said, first of all, don't be dismayed. You know, don't be discouraged because you've, had, you've lost a battle. Okay, he said, do not be discouraged because you have lost the battle. And then he says to him, he said, I have given you AI. In other words, God says, listen, every battle that we win is a gift. No matter how small it is, it's a gift. No matter how big it is, it's still a gift. Every battle that we win, whether it's large or small, is still a gift. And he tells him now, he said, you're going to be able to, to overtake these people, and you're going to be able to destroy them. And, but you've got to follow the instructions, okay? You have to follow the instructions. Now, one thing I think we've covered it before, never underestimate the enemy, our flesh. We talked about this. Never underestimate our flesh. Because God says, and he said that to me, and I'm like, I was sitting, I was meditating, I was thinking. He said, because the flesh is still a principality. And I said, okay, the flesh is still a principality. What does that mean, Lord? And he said, the flesh still has supreme power. You know how it is sometimes we think we can handle it. We, we want to handle some battles, and we don't want to give it all to God for God to handle. We, we feel like, okay, God, I got this one. No, we ain't got nothing. <laughs> we don't have no brother. We, we don't have anything. So here it is now. He tells him, you go back that place where you've been defeated. I have given them to you, your ego, that, that thing in your flesh. And I've given it to you as, as a gift. Now, watch verse number two. Verse number two. Now, this is something we have to understand. God always has a battle plan. God always have a battle plan to defeat our enemy. Amen. Now, looking at uh, verse number two. Joshua chapter number 8. Verse number 2 says, And thou shalt do to Ai, that place of ruins, okay, or that ego or that thing in our flesh that overthrows us, and her king, as thou did unto Jericho, and her king, only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves. Then he says a key word here. He says, lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. He says, if you want to, to deal with your flesh, you've got to have a surprise attack. Okay? The first instructions he gives is to, for them to lie in wait. Lay there so you can behind the city. Okay? 
because you're setting up an ambush. It's a surprise attack. If you keep, and there's a saying, I think, I'm sure I've heard it in, in, in N.A. Or, or Nordon or, or somewhere else. If you keep doing the same thing over and over, you're going to get the same results, right? If you keep doing the same thing over and over, you're still going to get the same results. So God here, he changes the strategy. Look at verse number three. Verse number three says, For Joshua arose and all the people of war. He says, go up against Ai, and Joshua chose out 30,000 men of valor and sent them away by night. Now, the first thing God does is he says, you take everybody up. See, when they was in their prideful state, that, you know, they could go back and they tell Joshua, listen, we don't have to take a whole lot of people up to Ai. They are just a small thing. See, you've got to watch them small foxes in our life. You've got to watch them. And the reason being is those small foxes is what spoils the vine. So he tells them now, he said, now listen, you take everybody, you, you're going to take everything that you have, all the, uh, um, uh, 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 the weaponry, every, all the arsenic, everything. You're going to take every bit with you, everything that you can unload on the enemy and unload on your flesh. He said, that's what you take. Amen. You take everything, you know, everything. But then he, he gives a key here. He also says, he said, I want you to choose out 30,000 men of valor. Now, remember now, he's got a huge army. But these 30,000, he, he has them to, to lie in wait behind the city. And so I said, God, why is he dividing up the army? This, this is God's plan for them, the strategy, okay? So what he does in that 30,000, that word 30, that means the resurrected mind. See, you take people that, that has that resurrected mind or take that resurrected mind and you got to know how to position yourself to be able to defeat the enemy. They have to lie in wait is what the Bible says. He says here, he said now in verse number four, he said those with a resurrected mind. And verse four says, and he commanded them saying, behold, ye shall lie in wait against the city. Even behind the city, go not very far from the city, but be ye all ready. Now, we have to understand those 30,000, those that had the resurrected mind, they had to lie in wait. God says the first thing in your battle, he was teaching them, you got to be patient. Those 30,000 that had the resurrected mind, he was saying, you're going to lie in wait. So, in other words, you got to be patient until you get the sign from God when to go forth and attack your enemy. Because if you go too soon and if you don't go equipped, you're going to get towed off again. But once you have that resurrected mind that I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, you know, and God has already said that I'm going, that I'm going to give you AI. I'm, I'm going to give you that, that, that ego, that, that thing that caused you to, to uh, uh, lose sight of who God is. And it was God that was in control. It was God that won the battle. He said, now, what you're going to do is you've got to have that resurrected mind that, that God has all power. God does not have limited power. God has all power. But to also he teaches them that you've got to be patient. Do we not know the devil waits us out? He's patient. He has something that we don't have. We are the most impatient, whether we're saved or unsaved, we're the most impatient people in the world. Amen. 
Okay, case in point. Have you ever, you know, in a hurry and you go into the grocery store? You, you, you're racing to get there. You're racing to get there. You're on, you're on a clock. You, you can't wait to get there because you got somewhere else to go, right? But when you get to the grocery store, you get what you need, and when you get in line, you got to wait. God is trying to teach us patience. See, and, and, and battles, we have to learn that we have to be patient and wait on God. We have to be patient and wait on God. See, patience is a virtue, all right? He tells them with a resurrected mind, not in and everybody, but only those that with, with a resurrected mind that knows how to, or has experienced or learned from the last defeat that you got to be patient. They're the one, he said, I want you on, on the back side of the city, okay? There's a reason for all of this. Now, then he says this in verse number five, because, see, God is using a military strategy. I don't know if we even even use any kind of strategy. I think we just do <laughs> and get towed off, you know. But but God has a plan. He has a military strategy. He has a military strategy. Because, see, Satan's strategy never changes, right? He keeps doing the same thing over and over and over and over, and we keep falling for the same what? Okie doke, right? So he's not, he doesn't have to change. If we keep falling for the same thing, why would he change? He's not going to change his strategy because he knows that whatever he's, he's presenting, that's what, what we're going to do. But Satan never changes his strategy. What we have to do as the body of Christ, we have to change our strategy in order to, to defeat Satan, okay? Now, watch what happens next in verse number 5. Verse number 5. He says, and I, and talk about Joshua, and I and all the people that are with me will approach unto the city. And it shall come to pass when they came out against us, look at this, as at the first, that we will flee before them. See, the mindset, Satan's mindset is the same. It's not going to change. Because when you look at that word, it says, when they come out, um, when they came out as before, as at the first, then they're going to pretend to flee. Okay? That's what they did before. Satan's, remember this, Satan's strategy never changes. He operates through the flesh. Okay? Now, that flesh is nothing but a principality. It has supreme power. That's why you have to have God to go up in every battle that you're going to go into, or you have to have the Lord, or else you're going to be defeated every time, okay? Now, he tells them now, he said, now, this is what I want you to do. He said, now, I want me and all these people, what we're going to do, we're going to go just like we did before, as at the first, and then that they're going to pretend to run from the enemy. See, when they were defeated in, in Ai, they ran from their enemy. They couldn't stand before their enemy. And the reason why they couldn't stand before their enemy, according to the word of God in, the, in Joshua chapter 7, was because uh, they had sin in the camp. That, that, that's why they could not win the battle. They could not win the battle. You know, the, the, the enemy defeated them because of sin. Now here he is. He's telling them now, they're they going to come up against you, and we're going to flee just like it did the first. They're going to chase us after us. Watch the enemy. Watch Satan. Watch his demons, how he operates. If you go back down memory lane in your mind or in your resurrected mind, you will see he does the same thing 
over and over and over and over. That's how he tricks us. He doesn't give us anything new. Now, it says this, verse 6. For, then he says, for they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city. For they will say, they flee before us as at the first. Therefore, ye will flee before them. See, they've studied the enemy. They've studied the enemy. We have to study the enemy. We, even have, to, we have to study our flesh because that's where the enemy comes through. We, we, come in our minds. We have to study the enemy. And know that the same thing he did before, he's going to do it again. But now what's happening, God has given a, a battle plan how to trick the enemy. Sometimes you just got to trick your flesh. In other words, Brenda, when you want that ice cream cone down there at McDonald's, you can go ahead and drive on up to McDonald's and, and just keep on passing through the line. Don't even, don't even stop and don't even give an order. So right then, I'm going to trick my flesh. Amen. I'm trying to simplify it. Amen. So we all know what our flesh loves. Amen. So what about tricking our flesh? Have you ever thought about it? Let's, let's trick our flesh because, see, that's what Satan is using. We need to learn to trick our flesh. This is what God was showing Joshua in this battle plan. He said, now, listen, they're going to do just like they did in the beginning. They're going to come after you. But the whole purpose is to draw Satan from the stronghold. He said, you're going to pretend, you're going to pretend that you're running from your enemy. The whole purpose is to draw Satan or those demonic spirits out of that stronghold. See, that stronghold is in our flesh. That those strongholds does not want to leave. Anybody got a stronghold in their life and seem like you can't get rid of it? See, God has given us a battle plan how to get rid of, of the stronghold. Okay? First thing he tells him, he says, now, you're going to go up, you're going to do a front, front attack. In other words, you're going to do a rush on Satan, a frontal attack. You already got the, 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 the behind attack set up, that surprise. But you're now you're going to do a frontal attack. You're going to hit the enemy head on. You're going to hit him head on. And then what you're going to do, you're going to trick him. You're going to pretend that he has defeated you, and then you're going to take off running as if you've been defeated. Well, that's all in God's plan because you're trying to get that devil out of that stronghold. You're trying to get him out of the stronghold, okay? Now, be, let me see, let me see. Um, yeah, 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 okay. You're trying to get him out of the stronghold before we go to another scripture. Then it says, Verse number seven, he says, then ye shall rise up from the ambush. Okay? Now, he's talking to those that's behind. Because, see, that plan has been set up. Verse seven says, then ye shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city, for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hands. And verse eight says, and it shall be when you have taken the city. See, that city is territory. See, Satan has now... Free, free rent. He's living with, he's living within, you know, with free rent. He ain't got to pay no rent. He's living for free. Yeah, you know, there's a stronghold there, a stronghold. And he's, I mean, he is deeply rooted. There are some things that we are so attached to that is so deeply rooted, it's going to take God to pull that demon out of there. Amen. Because it's, it's demonic. 
It is literally demonic. So we got to get rid of that stronghold that has set up camp in our life. Set up a camp in our mind. Set up camp in our flesh. Oh, yeah, you got to have that. You need that. No, you don't need that. No, you don't need that. Now, watch watch the word. Watch the word. He says in verse 8, And it shall be when ye have taken the city that ye shall set the city on fire, According to the commandment of the Lord shall ye do. See, I have commanded you. In other words, when, when Satan has been pulled from that stronghold, when you've drawn him away from, uh, out of that stronghold, then you've got to make sure that rascal can't come back. Amen. When you've been delivered or set free from a thing, boy, I used to have so many charge cards it didn't make no sense. Amen. I mean, I, you're talking about having them. Sister Debbie, I had them. I had all kinds of charges. I mean, they were charged to the max. You hear me? But you know, God told me, if I want to be set free from that debt and that spirit, I need to cut them things up. So I had to cut them up. He tells us to set AI, that, 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 that thing that's holding us back from, from completely committing ourselves to God. You set it on fire. You destroy it. You allow it to be consumed. Whatever that thing that's holding you hostage, uh, whatever that, that, that thing within our flesh that's, that's set up a stronghold, he said you got to make sure you set it up. You don't leave a place for it to go back and to reside. And here's the reason why. Okay, let's go to the book of St. Matthew, and we're almost done. St. Matthew, chapter number 12. Are we there? St. Matthew, chapter number 12. This is why we have to set that thing on fire, that we do not leave room or open door for Satan to come back in, because he will come back in, right? We do know that, right? If there's an open doorway, if we're still uh, playing around with the, the smallest of sin, then he will definitely get himself a foothold in there, and he will make that be a stronghold. But God says, you've got to draw him out, and then you've got, you got to set that thing on fire. You've got to burn that spirit up. You've got to burn it up. Now, looking at St. Matthew chapter number 12, this is why you've got to destroy the place where it lodges. Amen? You don't, you don't give it no free rent. Anybody been giving Satan some free rent lately? Well, he comes and live and do what he wants to. Don't have to pay a dime. Don't have to pay a dime. He's living for free. Why should he go back and look for, uh, get a home and pay for himself? Because he got your house living free. Amen. Look at Matthew. St. Matthew chapter number 12. Are we there? All right. Now, look at the verse number 43. It says this. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, now, I understand that word man has nothing to do with gender. That means an individual, whether male or female. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking what? Rest. And he finds none. When, when, when Satan leaves us, when that, when, that, when that unclean spirit, you know, when God comes in our life, he drives out the unclean spirit, it goes and it's looking for a dry place. That's why it's not good to be, be dry. When I say dry, have no word in you. To be empty. It's, that's, that's not good. Because see, Satan is walking, and he's, it says he's walking through dry places, and he's looking for a place of rest. 
He's looking for a place where he can reside. He can sit down and take it easy. Amen. Where he can just sit down and, and just take it easy and rest from his walking up and down to and fro in the earth. Because that's what he does. So if he's walking up and down to and fro, you know the rascal's got to be tired. So he's got to find him a body so he can go rest in. He, he needs to find a place to sit down and rest. Amen. And if we've got open doorways, we've got places where he can go in and rest, then he's going to find that place. Because, see, when we're not uh, studying the Word of God, when we're not meditating on the Word of God, when we're not in prayer, you know, when we're not in fellowship one with another, what happens is we will allow ourselves to become dry. Amen. And he'll come up and he'll live. Now, when he goes... And he's seeking, everybody is, is, is moist, that they fill with the word, that, that they are filled with, with communion with God, and he can't find anybody. He said he finds none. He's, he's on a prowl. He can't find nobody. You, you remember in the book of Job when he was, he, he, he was going to and fro, and God asked him, said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to and fro up and down the earth, seeking whom I may devour. See, he was looking for a place to rest. God gave him permission. God gave him the permission to rest where Joe, where Joe was. So he's looking for a place to rest. Now look at this in verse 44. Watch what he does when he cannot find any rest. That unclean spirit. Unclean spirit. Some people think, well, I ain't got no unclean spirit. You better check again. Yeah. And you have to be careful whom you're around, who you associate with, who you let in your house, who you let in your space, because they may have unclean spirits. And unclean spirits will attach themselves to you. That they, they can attach. They can transfer themselves. Amen. They can do that. They can literally do that. I had an experience, and I shared it before. I, I had an experience, and we had a group called um, uh, the CIA, Christian Women's in Action. Christians in Action. And uh, we had gone to North Carolina, and uh, this person was sick, and we was going to go up there, and we are going to pray. And we did. But what we didn't know, we, was, we ran into some demons. We ran into some demons. People said, well, demons are not real. Well, I, I'm here to tell you, demons are real. They are real. When we began to pray, before we began to pray, this woman began to talk about how she would just leave her body and how it would float and every which way she would stretch out her arm and her hand and stuff. That's where she would go. And we knew that something wasn't right about this here. Something was not right. So they began, we began to look around and she tried to identify where the ministers were. And she was just asking each one if they were ministers. But then we decided it's time for us to pray. See, when you, if you can't uh, uh, handle a demon, don't wake them up because you'll do just like we did. Amen. So we go in prayer because you know, here, here we are. We're the Christian women's in action. We, we, we go in prayer. We went in prayer, all right. We began to plead the blood of Jesus against this demon, okay, uh, that was in this woman. We had these, all these heavy set women. We were all holding hands. And I began, through the power of, of the Lord, I began to pray and began to plead the blood of Jesus against that spirit. The next thing I knew, I was on the floor. Mm-hmm. My glasses had come completely off my face. No human hand had touched my glasses. I mean, they literally came off of my face, and I hit the floor. And you know what happened to those other women? They hit the door. They, they took off. They took off. And we left North Carolina that night, never to go back to that place again, at that, that, that residence. But on the, on the way to the highway, our, our pastor at that time, he was in deliverance ministry. 
And we called him and we told him what had happened. He said, didn't I tell y'all don't be waking them demons up if you can't handle them? And see, we were fr- f- uh, f- um, fresh in, 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 in that ministry. We was eager. We was alert. We was excited about our Christianity. And we was ready to go war with the devil. Well, we didn't realize we, didn't have, we was not properly equipped. Amen. I mean, we hit the floor. I hit the floor. They hit the door. <laughs> That's the only way I can put it. You know. And to this day, we, we, the same ladies, they're all alive, and we still laugh about that today. But we learned a lesson, okay? So here it is now, going back to verse 44. Watch what that demon says. He says, when he can't find a place where he wants to dwell, he, he can get some rest. 44 says, then he said, I will return into where? My house. The very house from that man, the very man that he left out of, now that demon is saying, I'm going back to my house. He's claiming that that body now. He's, I'm going back to the house. I'm going back there. He couldn't find no rest. Now, he says, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he finds this empty, swept, and, and, and garnished. He, he, he come back because he can't find no rest. He's been seeking rest. He didn't find any. So now he's coming back to that same place where he was dwelling before, where he had that stronghold. But he knew that he didn't have enough power to get right back into that stronghold, so he had to get him some more. He had to get him some more demons. You know how it is where you used to do one thing, and next thing you're doing all these other things that you've never done before, and you're like, oh, I ain't never done that before. See, he added some more demons. He picked up some more cousins along the way, okay? And then he says, he finds, he finds his home swept, it's empty, and it's garnished, okay? He finds it, it's clean, it's swept, it's empty. That means he hadn't replaced it with nothing. It's empty. No word, no power, <laughs> no prayer, no commune, nothing with God. Nothing was there. It was just empty. He didn't, he didn't, he did not fulfill it with anything. He just cleaned it out and let them go. But he didn't think about, or he didn't have that resurrected mind because he would have known he needed to replenish it with something. That's why whenever you, God deliver you from something, you need to find something else to put it in its place. That's good. I guess I need to say that. That's good. Okay. Now, watch the word, watch the word. Verse 45 says, then goeth he. And taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. He takes seven more. He's one. and makes eight. That means that demon's got a new beginning now in that house. A new beginning. Oh, my goodness. He says now. He says he takes seven other spirits more wicked. Than, think about your worst sin. Your worst sin. Think about a sin that goes beyond that. More wicked than the one you actually did. I mean, and, and increased. And then he says, and says, and they, wasn't the one that left. That's just like sowing a seed and getting back a harvest. When you sow a seed, you got a little tiny something. But inside that seed is the whole harvest. So what we see, when we sow things, there's that little tiny seed. But we get back a whole crop. 
So what, does, what happens here? He says, well, then he goeth and he taketh with himself seven more spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter in, and what do they do? And they dwell there. In other words, they have set up camp again. Except he's got some more, he's got some others that's now in that stronghold. He's, 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 he's strengthened himself. He's fortified himself. So, so that he don't want to get put out no more, okay? Talking about that demon. And he says, and they enter in and they dwell there. Watch this. It says, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto the wicked generation. His last state was worse than his first. This is why you got to burn up, burn down AI, set it afire. That thing that's in your flesh, in our flesh, that, that keeps us from totally surrendering to God, that wants to get us puffed up in pride and take credit from God, take God's glory. We got to burn that thing up. We, we got to draw him out of that stronghold where he's encamped, where he's made himself a house and he's resting. We, and God says, set it afire. We have to set that thing of fire that's holding that sin that we can't seem to release. Once God deliver us, you know, don't sit back and wait, wait and see if he's coming back. No, you do what God says do. God said, now nah, I need you to set the fire. I need you to destroy it. Destroy it. Don't leave nothing. Because if you leave something, he's going to come back huh, with seven more demons that's much more wicked than he is. That's scary. But God says there is life after defeat. You just got to do the plan of God. You got to do it God's way. You got to have that strategy. You, you have to follow what God says. Give that enemy that surprise attack. You, know, you, 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 you hit him head on. You draw him away from that place where he's been residing in our flesh. Draw him away from that place. Then he says you make sure. He doesn't have a place to go back to live in. That don't mean you die. That means Christ comes in on the inside and lives on the inside of us. Now, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 We thank you. We praise God. Wow, it's hot up here. I am definitely sweating up here. Amen. Whew. Amen. Last time I sweated like that.